0: Welcome to episode 338 of Destination Linux, your favorite video podcast. It better be your favorite video podcast. You've been exactly. warned. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> Yay. Well, my name is Michael. I'm Jill. And I'm Ryan. And on this week's episode, we deep dive a community feedback that takes us into encryption, learning the CLI, and containerization, and more. Then we're going to discuss some AI tricks that might leave you feeling a bit creeped out. Like most AI things at this point. Plus, we have our tips, tricks, and software picks, all of this coming up, so let's get this show on the road toward Destination Linux.
1: So the community feedback this week was so good and had so many really good questions that I think a lot of people in the Linux community would be interested in knowing the answers to that I've kind of turned it into the whole main topic for the show this week. So, the feedback comes from Scout, and he says, I love all the content you guys provide.
0: And that's the end of the email. And everyone should really know. Good piece of yeah. feedback. Thank you yes. so much, Scout, for that amazing yeah. input. Aww. I mean, there's not really a question there. It's more of an answer to And recognizing how, how great this show is. I mean, I, I appreciate your appreciation.
2: Yeah. Oh, wait, there's Aww. more
0: text here. I didn't realize Oh, there's that, more. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: They go on to say, I really enjoyed the episode on accessibility on Linux. Jill, you're a terrific VIP or visually impaired person. I love that you teach students and watch the boys talk over each other. (laughs) I'm new to Linux and I'm already on my second DE, Ubuntu Mate. My first was Pop, but the accessibility was not great. And I have keyboard shortcuts like Windows is really helpful to drive my system. What recommendations do you have for learning Linux, both the CLI and general use of the GUI? So we're going to stop there. There's more to the email, more questions in there, but that one's to Jill. So Jill, the question is, what are some great tools for learning Linux, the CLI and general use of the GUI that you recommend?
2: Yeah, so thank you so much, Scout, for the nice compliments. Oh, I'm blushing. (laughs) And yeah, so one of my favorite... Writers and speakers is Jonathan Moeller. He actually does an awesome. Oh, I thought you were
0: gonna say me, Jill. thank you.
2: <laughs> or you could have
0: went with me, Jill. Michael I mean, either way. are
2: excellent as well. Yes, okay,
1: as well. I. <laughs> 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 We're there, too. You,
0: you guys two. are
2: awesome. We're in the top three, <laughs> <Yes>. apparently.
0: That's <laughs> yeah, good. That's good.
2: So Jonathan Muller Mo- does an awesome paperback and audiobook for learning the Linux terminal called the Linux Command Line Beginner's Guide. And it is available on Amazon. And mm. because, Scout, you're visually impaired like me, listening to instructions in audiobook form is always a really good choice. So the link for that book is in the show notes. And that's interesting you yeah. say that,
1: Jill. I love audiobooks, number one. But one of the problems with audiobooks for me, usually when I'm when it's something Linux related and stuff, is I like to listen to them in the car and things and they're reading off commands, and that's not <laughs> yeah. really intuitive in a car to kind of rememorize the or memorize the command there. Yeah. But I see now why that would be really important for a visually impaired person to have that actually playing while you're at your machine. Exactly. And then you're typing that command in. That is actually quite brilliant. I never thought of that. Yeah. It's awesome.
2: And the other recommendation I have is uh, Larry Bushy. He wrote a great book specifically on Ubuntu Mate called Using Ubuntu Mate and Its Applications the Ubuntu Mate 22.04 LTS edition, and it is available on Amazon too. There's actually no audio book version, but it is available for the Amazon Kindle, which also has an audio text reader. A lot of my friends who are visually impaired use Kindles a lot <laughs> because of that well, Yeah, reason. because
1: you can also zoom in on the text. You've exactly. got a lot of options for zooms zoom and things and, like that to help as well.
2: Yeah, yeah all those things. Uh, there's the link is in the show notes as well. But I want to l- mention a little bit more about Larry Bushy. Larry Bushy is a great speaker. Also, um, maybe not as good as Michael and Ryan, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Finally. Aww.
0: Yes, we, we appreciate <laughs> your appreciation. <laughs> yes.
2: Larry Bushy is extremely easy to understand and has a wonderful podcast just for Linux beginners called Going Linux. I've been listening to this for years just to keep up on, on you know, how he's introducing uh, people to Linux because it's helped me with my students and uh, I get to recommend him. And Going Linux actually you know, has been around for so many years and Ubuntu Mate actually has been featured on many episodes of the podcast and he has Tri- uh, tips and tricks for Ubuntu Mate. I think
0: he's on the team for Ubuntu Mate. Yes,
2: he is as well. <laughs> yes, in that fact, helps his helps with
0: tips and tricks. Yeah, it he does. You're helping his, make the thing. Also, it, makes it really g- easy to, or not necessarily easy, but makes <laughs> it have a little bit of an advantage to make a book about the thing that you're on. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. In fact, his book is available in the Ubuntu Mate shop. So that's how nice. I found out about it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's Jill, podcast, of course.
1: These are all fantastic recommendations. I mean, really, really good. But the problem with them is, you literally recommended another podcast. <laughs> every other <laughs> podcast is an enemy of ours. Like, yes, that's aw, we blasphemy will go job. to war over anybody else who's trying to stomp on our territory. <laughs> we that's will crush them.
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: wait. No, that's awesome. I'm actually going to check out that podcast myself. That sounds really good. Cool.
2: And and, and they're still
1: making current episodes?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact Very that nice. there is a new one just this month, and um, it's on uh, uh, different distros that you can get started with, which is really I cool. I
1: have a new podcast now to listen yeah. to myself. There you go. <laughs> They also go on to ask me, Ryan, how can I best do full disk encryption on an existing install as Mate did not offer this on install like Pop did? So this is a really interesting question because when I first read it, I was like, yeah, it does. It offers encryption. It's there during the install process. Ubuntu has been, I want to say, kind of like one of the forerunners in this encryption by default kind of selection option during their install. So I went and grabbed a copy of Ubuntu Mate and went to go through the installation process. And lo and behold, you are absolutely right, Scout. It is there, but it's hidden. And that creates kind of a problem if the way it was done before, it was almost like, and maybe I'm thinking of another distro here. I'm pretty That's sure That's the it was problem Ubuntu. with
0: installing so many distros.
2: Yeah.
1: You forget
0: which I, I, one distro doing hopped a
1: lot, But I, it seems to me, community tell me if I'm right or wrong, but Ubuntu used to have a screen that was just dedicated to, or it was very prominent there of, hey, do you want to encrypt your disk? Well, there and
0: was during the installation, you could choose to have like a, a, ra- like a radio, radio button yeah. that you would check it to say Lux encryption and stuff like yeah. that. And it also depends, I'm not sure which installer Ubuntu Mate uses anymore because you know Ubuntu doesn't use the same ubiquity installer. They have their own news installer with the Flutter style. And I don't think it has that feature. It might, I don't remember. But the other people in the in the Ubuntu flavors are using calamares. So I mean I just don't know which one it's using. It looked like the old Ubuntu installer to me, the original oh, okay. one. Like it did not look like
1: the new Flutter uh hmm. in what I downloaded, but I downloaded the LTS version of Ubuntu Mate, so there are other versions. So it's versions there, but it's it. under like an advanced tighter thing? Right, so during the install where you're selecting your drive or to erase and format, under that is an option called advanced. And if you click advanced, there you're given the option to actually do your encryption and set everything up. And
2: mm-hmm. so it's not I think not it's maybe because
0: by default, I was previously doing it where I just didn't have a drive to erase. So it was just prompting me with all those things.
2: Mm. Yeah. It was already yeah. empty. That makes sense, and
0: that might be why it shows it. But if you're if you're not erasing something, or if it detects an existing drive, maybe it hides it away for that reason. Yeah, but the
1: problem here, Scout, is that you can't really do full disk encryption after the fact because that was part of your question of how can you add it in now. Mm-hmm. You can do some encryption of like your home folder and some other things. Um, You can use like eCryptUtils, setup, and we'll have a link in the show notes if you want to walk through there so you can do some encryption on that level. But to do the full disk encryption, you're going to need to do it during the install process as far as I know. And so it would probably be best to reinstall Mate, obviously back up your files first, but reinstall Mate and then go click on that advanced option and install it uh, using the Lux encryption there. Uh, which I believe is what Ubuntu uses by default. Uh, and that will get you the encryption that you want. But there's lots of encryption utilities because it's depending on why you're wanting to encrypt everything. Obviously, it's a good idea to have the encryption of your entire file system. Just, But if your computer is not you know, in a place where a lot of people have access to it, or you're in a very trusted home, um, you're not really worried about some of the things that you're dealing with maybe you're not a reporter or somebody who's dealing with really high sensitive files then I think file level encryption would be just as good and like Dolphin has KGPG built into it where you can just right click and encrypt things
0: right there. I mean there's plenty of encryption tools inside of Linux and there's even like command line tools and GUI tools all sorts of stuff. There's fantastic options there and Really,
1: most people probably would be just fine to do the file level encryption because you may have some folders, maybe it's taxes or, you know, financial stuff. You can encrypt that there. Uh, Obviously, if somebody was able to get a hold of your PC and they were decompiling it, they still couldn't get into those files and folders, but they would be able to get into your file system uh, itself. But, you know, so depends on how many files and if you're willing to reinstall. If you're willing to reinstall, best option, do that. Do your full disk encryption. Otherwise, uh, check out some of the backup solutions there. Or you can do your home directory and swap space and encrypt those entirely by themselves uh, with some of the steps we'll have linked to in the show notes. So finally, they ask Michael a question. (laughs) I don't know Good why on. you asked Michael this one <laughs> question. This like one, it's this just is, this is mm.
2: very, very cool. What what what's the
1: question? Well, the first one's fine because it fits you. Like you know <laughs> containerization stuff really well. Um okay, so we'll start sure. with that and then I'll get into the second one. So Michael, ah, do okay. you recommend
0: Podman for containerization? Absolutely. Podman is a very good solution for containerization. It's very similar to Docker in a lot of ways. It has some features that Docker has. It has some other stuff that Docker doesn't have and and vice versa. But I would say that if you are wanting to get, if you're just getting started with containerization, Podman or Docker would be great ways to start. And I have used both of them and they work just fine. So absolutely. You can use both of them, because a lot of their commands are interchangeable, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also some of the automation stuff is
1: interchangeable as well. Scout, your questions are so brilliant. And you you really tailored them to each host, which I appreciate. Yeah. Except this one. This one is a Jill and Ryan question, not a Michael. He's literally the worst person for this particular topic. But let's go ahead and ask him and just see what we get. I I, I appreciate your
0: (laughs) vote of confidence, Ryan. What is the best and most user-friendly backup solution? Backups. Okay, this is a very important topic. And there are plenty of solutions. Mm -hmm. And Ryan is correct in what he said. I'm not the best person to ask this question. But I'll answer it the best I can anyway. (laughs) There's a lot of options. I think Deja Dupe is a good option. I've used it in the past. There's also one called Bacula. And I've not used that. I just like the name because it's fun. And then there's also just simply having multiple drives that you put your files onto as you store them. And there's other options. For example, if you want an in-depth look at a bunch of different backup solutions, you can check out the pseudo show because they covered this topic recently. And for other suggestions, Ryan and Jill... Well, why would you, Michael, recommend another podcast? They are mortal enemies. The Pseudo Show, really? They're a part of our network, Ryan. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, yeah, Um, that makes it's okay when we recommend stuff on our own network. The other one wasn't, and that's why it's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, that's why it's a problem. Such a big problem.
1: All right. So, backup solutions, Michael. Your current backup solution if I'm not mistaken, is basically you have a bunch of external drives you randomly plug in at times to throw random files on because every time you come over to my house, you're like, it's probably on this drive. Nope. It's probably on this drive. Nope. It might... Oh, this is it. This is the drive. I think that's your easy backup solution is
0: multiple I external drives. I just want drives. to remind people who... And for mm-hmm. people who are new to the show and remind people who are not new to the show yeah. and especially thank you for your, you know, being a long-term listener... You might not be aware, but Ryan likes to make things up about <laughs> me on many occasions. Aww. Many, many occasions. And in this particular case, that's exactly what happened. There was a couple times I was trying to find something at his <laughs> house and I couldn't do it. It took it took like 20 minutes just to find what drive it was on. Yes. But in this it, case, and I was telling important. the truth.
1: Yeah, He <laughs> was telling the truth this time. Yes.
0: But also... The solution I have is because I do backups in a in an interesting, unique, creative way. Okay. And that is uh, chaos. <laughs>
2: yes. oh, Random boy. files,
0: randomly, anywhere. <laughs> organized chaos, but a little bit more emphasis on the chaos than the organized. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. it's a good I mean, system.
1: You should, like, write up a whole <laughs> web document on it. Like, how to I be... I should write a, a book
0: it. and put it on Amazon Candle. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the way and, to do it. And also I would make an audio version, of course. There is a thing I do where I have backups of gigantic files and I don't necessarily need multiple copies of that data because I only use that maybe once a year, which is like old episodes of this show. So I have the source files for everything I make of this, epi- this these episodes of every single one from the beginning of me editing the show, which was like 83, I think. So from eighty three to three hundred and thirty eight, I have all of that. Yeah. So I don't Somewhere. need a, multiple copies of. Somewhere. I know where I know where they are, <laughs> relatively speaking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, what's interesting is growing up, my dad was a programmer, and he had dot matrix printers back then, and you would print the code out on the mm-hmm. dot matrix printer, especially when we we're going on vacation. And he'd be sitting there on his vacation because that's what he liked to do, reading code and looking for the errors in the code and all that type of stuff. So his desk. I'm sure that's what Jill does now with her. (laughs) I'm sure, yeah. His desk at home was full of like dot matrix paper everywhere and pens. It was just disorganized chaos to me. So I remember one day as a kid, like, I'm going to help my dad out and organize his desk. That did Uh-oh. not go well. <laughs> Suddenly, he can't find anything the whole week. He's missing programs. Nothing's there, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, he wasn't mad. But it was just one of those things where it's like, that's how I envision your organization process. I can Somehow actually tell
0: you where the drives There's, for the data is for yeah. 95% of it. Oh yeah. But I have another, the other 5% is on a different drive because I ran out of space. <laughs> so I actually need to get, new drives to get like a bigger storage on those so i can have the copies in a more organized way but i had three or four terabytes and i ran out of the space so i need to get more in order to have a better organized thing but i did have a nas where i put stuff on but that's technically not a backup it's it can be a backup but it's not necessarily automatically a backup so if you want to do a NAS, that is an option, but make sure you have the, st- the data not just on the NAS because then it just it's just a single storage.
1: Well, that's my solution for an easy backup solution is Synology NAS. I love my Synology NAS. Now, I know it's not technically free and open source, but it works with all the free and open source systems, whether you have you know a combination of operating systems, Mac, Linux, Windows, whatever, you can back it all up
0: to your Synology NAS, which is really, really neat. I it also, also has have a Synology NAS and a Ready NAS from Netgear. <laughs> both of them <laughs> nice. are not open source, but they use Linux.
2: Yeah. There
0: you go. Well, and do you actually utilize both of them with an active I
1: backup do. going on? Oh,
2: okay. good. Not
1: organized, but I use them. But use them. <laughs> you use, them. use them. So Synology has really nice software that, you know, drive clients and things that allow you to Uh, Essentially, do a couple of things. One is you could just have it automatically back up your stuff into the Synology NAS. The other thing you can do is have basically copies that Synology will keep synced between all of your machines if you want. So, let's say you have a documents folder on your Linux laptop, and then you have a Windows laptop and a Mac laptop. And you can have it sync that same documents folder to all of your PCs on the network as well. Uh, So, uploads like an in house house (laughs) Dropbox. Exactly, it keeps it all synced there for you. And there's much other things you can do
0: with Synology. They have a security system built, build-in options and all kinds of cool so stuff. Cool. And also, so, by the way, just very to be clear sure. clear about something. I said that a NAS is not necessarily backup. Depending on how you set up the NAS with the different kinds of RAID,
2: yeah, it could be it could a backup. Be. Yeah,
0: if you do it like you're supposed
1: to, which Michael probably didn't, it is a fantastic easy to use backup Why would solution. you? As, okay, Mirror. first of all, which RAID <laughs> are you going to suggest? I'm I'm going to put you on the spot now. Well, RAID one is the one I'm using. Because I only have a few drives in there, mm. which one would you should you use? Well, it just depends how many drives you have and what are you wanting to do. Are You wanting stripping, are you wanting mirroring? What are you wanting to like? I'm mirroring, so I'm using one.
0: Okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. So yep. there are many different types you want of raid. stripping with parity. We could spend an entire episode on <laughs> explaining on the different types yeah. of raid. But <laughs> I also want to point out that the one I use is the one that came default in the machine. <laughs>
2: like Ryan does use the defaults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: there you so, go. Cuz I think you were saying sure it's five from or a six. I'm not sure. Our listeners felt so bad for you they sent you the backup solutions themselves, right? I
0: believe that's what happened. Is that the truth, Michael?
1: <laughs> if I'm okay. remembering.
0: Let me clarify again, Ryan makes up things. This one wasn't made up again. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I was compl- yeah. I was talking. They were making fun of me about how my backup solution Lover before Lover. was bad. Now it's much much better because yeah. a a, 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 part, a member of the community decided to help us out by sending me a NAS, and that's how I have one of the NAS. Oh nice!
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So thank you, <laughs> thank you that very yeah. much for that. Oh, <laughs> you know, I think you remember. Uh, you called him Texana.
2: Because nice.
0: he gave you a lot of stuff
1: uh, from there. Yeah. yeah I, I really wanted to be friends with Tech Santa too, because he was just <laughs> dropping all the good tech gear. Nextcloud's my other backup solution for nice, the Brian. cloud stuff. What I like about Nextcloud is I can set it up so that my phone automatically syncs my photos into my Nextcloud when I come within range um, of my network so that it backs up my wife's phone, backs up my phone. You can also use its desktop client to do backups and syncs just like you can with Synology NAS. So if you want to set up a, a NextCloud instance, you can do that with a Raspberry Pi. You can do that with your current machine or even maybe a NAS that you have set up uh, with NextCloud on it as an interface. And you can do all of those cool things you can do with NAS. And that is truly open source. And then you've got calendars, you've got contacts, you've got all kinds of things there as well. So um, I utilize both of those solutions because I always fear, like, what could happen? So you have digital backup, you have a physical backup, and in general, that's going to keep you pretty safe.
2: Yeah. So, so
1: <laughs> do, okay, do you remember Ryan what my New Year's resolutions were? Uh you wanted to finally get a good haircut. You wanted to be more like
0: me. No, no, no. My hair, my hair has been fantastic. You wanted to learn how to
1: use <laughs> it. It is fantastic. Something like that. Right my now, hair is fantastic. Don't, really
0: don't even don't even pretend. I mean, it's for not those good who are listening to the audio only version, feel free to check out the YouTube. Did so you can check out my haircut? It's awesome. Anyway. <laughs> What my resolutions were, were to start upgrading my system. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Uh to do backups better.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you have.
0: I have successfully done the first one. And now for the rest of the year, I need to fix the backups.
1: You kind of successfully did the last one because you use BlendOS and you have no choice. Yeah. I could choose not to update. I mean... I could just not every up, time it's you read it's, it's updating the system. Is it automatically? But not your not your applications necessarily. See, I
0: don't have to update everything. <laughs> Everything's done but for I you. am, and that's the important piece. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah. So I've had a, a ton of very unique backup systems over the years, mm-hmm. in, including I, on eight-inch, five and a quarter, and three and a half floppies, and I'm not kidding whoa, about whoa. that.
1: Whoa, <laughs> so. Jill. So. Listen, you've mentioned the three and a quarter before, but did you say like floppy five and a half inch disc, your backing data? Yeah. What can you back up on that? Like our show notes would fill a (laughs) five and a half, five and a quarter disc.
2: I backed up some of my very first animations on an eight inch disc usually using, and what I would do is use uh, a- A thousand of them. uh, Yeah. I'd split up tarballs on many disks, sometimes, you know, literally uh, 50 to 100 disks. And I'm not kidding about that, <laughs> that's actually true.
0: <laughs> and for those who are curious, does she still do it?
2: Yes. yes. <laughs> I, st- <laughs> I still use a floppy disk to back up my very important data because it's the most secure. <laughs> Backup system in the world because most people don't have computers that, that yeah. can read the the file. I want to up supplies. a honeypot and
1: have a hacker I mean break into one of Jill's machines and
2: have to figure
0: <laughs> out like what is this A drive? Some of those thing. machines don't yeah. have the internet anymore. <laughs> Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. I'm
0: curious, Jill, if you use punch cards still.
2: I still have a machine that runs those, yes. <laughs> of
0: course you do. All and right. dot matrix. That's how she backs up her passwords.
2: <laughs> punch cards. Yeah, and dot matrix. I remember those yeah. days, Ryan, of printing out my code on dot matrix. I miss the them.
0: sound of a dot matrix printer. Yeah. You two are one of the yeah. few people who miss that sound. Yeah. So good. It was so good. I actually can still hear it in the back of my mind yeah. trying to just... Pierce my brain. You just so, knew something amazing was happening, you know,
1: when that dot matrix was, was printing. It was, like, it was oh, so making I was so much noise in, and <laughs> in drawing so much attention to itself because it's like, look at me. I'm taking
0: your words Special. from that screen and putting it over here on paper
1: with a ribbon
0: really loudly. That, those words being code, that sounds like something is cool. But really... When you're when the printer is just doing random stuff in an office, it's not that cool.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I think it's. You cool. know what was awesome <laughs> is in college. I went to the the co- the very first college that was connected to the internet, uh, and it was every every computer was online. And this is late eighties, early nineties, so that was. Very ahead of its time, and literally every computer had a little mini dot matrix printer on each one, and so when all the students were printing <laughs> out their, you know, reports and and all their work, okay, that right? does sound kind of, of hilarious, them. but it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have you an create old a video. symphony
0: out of that. Yeah, know? I would like to hear. What it would sound like to have, because I've always, it was always one of those giant ones. Yeah. If there was like a bunch of little ones, I would like to hear what that sounds like.
2: It was amazing. But
0: that does remind me of there's a YouTube channel. That used to make music covers. I don't know if they still do, but music covers with computer hardware. Yeah, floppetrons. It would take clicks and yeah, clicks and floppies, inject or ejecting, and all this other stuff, and make music Thought out matrix. of it. It was yes. in, very impressive.
2: Yeah, those are That's so the much problem. Fun. Even with those. the new
0: cars, like they
1: don't have the sound, and the sound matters. And in fact, some of these electric cars are adding in sound. To, yes, it does take away from the feeling. Like the five and a quarter disc. The sound it would make, the floppy, even a yeah. CD-ROM when it was spinning sounds. up. Yeah. You know, it would
2: be vroom, and it would oh, just start spinning.
1: Like, it was just something special about that. Now everything's so silent.
2: I know. Boring. I know it is. You know? And yeah, you know what? It's so so true about the electric cars. In fact, uh, because Scout is also visually impaired, um, I actually petitioned uh, one of the uh, car manufacturers with, with thousands of other people to put the sounds in their car because it, yeah. I would, I, I've almost gotten hit several times trying to cross a street because I didn't hear the car. And yeah. Yeah. that's something very serious. I also <laughs> didn't think
0: about this being an issue. I was thinking, oh, silent car. That's cool. Yeah. And then I was in a <laughs> EV car, like fairly recently, and we drove by these birds that were in the parking lot and they just didn't move because they didn't hear the car. Yeah. Yeah they can't hear it and they've been so used to the car sounds to get out of the way. Right. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Cause it applies to a lot of variety lot of, of yeah. issues that it can cause from it.
2: Absolutely. So they now they're putting in like
0: fake engine noise. Yes. But what I would like to do is to have control of that PA system or whatever it's doing so that I could play music as I'm going down the street. Everyone would love that.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. They would like that. Yeah, because everyone, everyone, loves every, music. everyone
0: likes my kind of music. Taylor yeah. Swift. <laughs> no. You're a big Taylor Swift well, fan.
2: Speaking of, uh...
0: I was about to make a joke <laughs> that would also go on top of that, Aww. but I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to say the reality: it was EDM. Are so you a Swifty,
2: Michael? I He's am.
0: a Swifty. Yeah, he is. I He's have, such. A big I, Swift I've Swift never, <laughs> heard, I've never actually heard a full song of that person. That's oh, such wow. a lie.
1: Oh
2: my god.
0: That's such
1: a lie.
2: <laughs> it's not. You cannot not. live in
0: this generation and have not heard a full song of Taylor Swift. Yes, you can. You can hear like the chorus, which is everywhere, and then just not listen to the whole thing. You're Problem a Problem solved. See? Jill, continue it's to possible. tell us about the backup yeah. solution.
2: So speaking of backups with electric eater. cars and needing to hear noise... Um, the modern ones I use now, of course, don't make noise because they're software-based. <laughs> and one mm-hmm. is, uh, like Michael, I use Deja, Deja Dupe 2, which is Ubuntu and Gnome's excellent backup utility. But I also love the TimeShift GUI backup app. And, yeah,
0: that's good.
2: And uh, that is one of my favorites. I've used it a lot on my Arch systems and my Fedora systems.
1: Yeah, and, um
2: I for all these Many many years. I've actually been using rsync in the command line. I still, uh, still of course, you. Have that, that's the one I use the most, actually.
0: <laughs> so I will say that I was making a joke about rsync being something that, of course, Joe would use. That is still true. But the idea of having rsync is really cool because you can create scripts that will automatically do things for with rsync across like it's any amazing. kind of thing. Yes. You can even do like SSH stuff with the mm-hmm. rsync attachments. You can do a lot of cool stuff with that. However, it would require you to, you know, build that stuff out. Yeah, which Sync's is why I don't do it. A
1: little more I use complicated, it, yeah. not very complicated. You can do some of the basic switches pretty. Oh, easily. absolutely. It's, it's more of a learning curve than the other things we've mentioned.
2: Yeah, I use it with cron drops. So I have some scripts that run cron drops to backup with our sync. And yeah. that works nicely.
0: Michael's heard of that word, but he's never used them. <laughs> I have used cron jobs all the time. Also, there's there's a term called cron tab. You know Ron the there's a cron tab and a cron a cron job, Ryan. Yeah, one's a job and one is a tab. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a logical thing to jump to. Yes, but the answer is nothing. They're the same thing.
2: Yeah, they're the mm. same thing. It's just like a fork. they have two different names yeah. for some reason. Yeah,
0: and gotcha. uh, they do. They accomplish the exact same thing, and it's just basically so just timing. It's timing execution of whatever you want. So yeah. you can attach a cron job to of effectively any tool you want on the command line. Nice. Although some are more valuable to do that than others, I don't think that using a cron job to activate the watch command would be helpful. I'm going to do a cron
1: job to make you shut up now because we're going to continue this <laughs> That email is impossible. Here from <laughs> Scout. He says, I know this is a lot. So feel free not to read on the next show. That challenge right there is why... One Aww. of the reasons why exactly I turned this into one of the main topics. How of dare the show you because, tell us not to read yeah. your feedback well, on the show? Well, you use reverse
0: psycholo- psychology on us, right? Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, that fits feel free perfectly for to. what they said in the thing. What they're yeah. they're studying for? Wow. Right. But thank you for all you
1: guys are doing for our community. The sooner I am comfortable running all or at least most of the ins and outs of the Linux system, I will migrate my Windows 11 laptop over as mm-hmm. I need it for schoolwork. While working on my BA in psych.
0: Awesome. Which
1: is awesome. That makes so much sense of how the reverse psychology worked so well. Yep. Yep. They knew what they were doing. P.S. I cannot run my system without running Orca full time. The only reason I cannot use KDE. LOL. So Michael,
0: not a KDE user yet. Yet. Yeah. But... Yet I know they are working on support for screen readers like Orca. Yeah, I'm not, and they're also in accessibility in general. I'm not sure how like far they've got along that path, but I know they are working on it. So you know, fingers crossed that soon. Yep. This episode of Destination Linux is sponsored by LinBid. LinBid has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which is high availability software that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2010, and LinStore, industry leading open source software defined storage. LinBit has an active presence in the open source community and they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features. LinBit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms and OSs without vendor lock-in. What that means is, is that you could choose the software on any platform, including specific hardware, that you wanna use or just off the shelf hardware that you get and connect it. You, all of this stuff can be interchanged really easily. And with DRBD and LinStore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula, there's even DRBD proxy for long distance replication. LinBit is run by its founders to this day and all of its engineers and developers are in-house with offices in Europe and North America, which allows them to have global 24-7 support to complement their enterprise offerings. Visit linbit.com to learn more about the people behind LinBit and the awesome software for block storage, duplication, and more.
1: So, Michael, one of the great things that happened in our last episode was terrible transitions. Are we going to do this again, (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
2: Uh You know what
1: else the community loves to leave feedback about?
0: The creepiness of AI. (laughs)
2: Yes. It's not, that isn't
0: too bad,
1: right?
0: That made no sense. (laughs) They don't connect at all. I was like, okay, you could have said this is bad transitions and Google is transitioning to push more AI in their services. Wait, that's a good good transition. That's actually not to what we were talking (laughs) about. So, you know what, AI? does that makes me angry, it's creepy. Michael, tell us about how creepy it is. You know what AI could do to be even more creepy? Pretend to be you, which is what Google is suggesting that people use AI. So there's an interesting new use case for AI that Google has launching. They're actually launching a variety of different use cases for AI. They're talking about uh, various different ways to integrate AI in their services, such as you know, they, the Google workspace, like docs and sheets and stuff like that. But they're also talking about, well, let's give you an example. You ever, you know, when, the, when they started doing meetings, like virtual meetings, like Zoom meetings, and people would make jokes about how they would take a photo of themselves sitting there and not have oh, to be yeah. there. That was great. And then pretend yeah. that, you're like, hey, I'm here, you know, you can't right. tell. Or they would fake yeah. like they're having connection issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what if you could use AI? To make people think that you're still there or I don't know how it would do it. Is it like a virtual version of yourself or is it? That's what it is. That's what's so creepy about this. Well, I see the use
1: case of it as a person in middle management for like a fortune 100 company. um, We have a lot of meetings, like a lot. Like and, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the meetings stack up on top of each other. Like, I'll have three or four meetings of people who want, you know, to talk to me about something all at the same time. And how do you attend all these? So it becomes this juggling game every morning, afternoon, and night to figure out where to put all of these meetings. And so Google's thinking they can solve this a little bit with AI. And they're doing this with Google Meet. And Google's known Whoa. for killing off Whoa. everything. Whoa. Yeah. yeah that still exists?
0: Yep. <laughs> I was surprised, honestly, too.
1: Like, I kind of knew it did with business, but I didn't know they were still doing anything with
0: it. Yeah. And I've used <laughs> it in, in like, meetings, obviously. Yeah. But they've. this is, like, the fifth iteration of the same kind of technology, the Google Hangouts, Hangouts the Google Duo, yeah. the Google Meets, and...
2: Chat. And uh, whatever. Chat. I just
0: assumed that this is going to just vanish at some point but they're actually putting more effort into that just seems unlike Google. Well they've done some really interesting things the new
1: Google Meet which they announced with the video and Apple like video presentation of how spectacular their new Google Meet is a, a miracle is. of technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what they've done is they've basically taken the best features that of Discord people. and the best features of Zoom and a lot of features they've Borrowed from Slack, and they've now called it Google Meet, uh, and they put all like those features borrowed, in
0: okay. yeah, <laughs> borrowed, stealed, stole, stole. <laughs> took. However, you want to use it. I mean, it's technically um, borrowed unless they yeah. took the code. It's just yeah. an idea, you know. What yeah. I'm saying?
1: But the way Slack organizes things, which I'm honestly not a huge fan of, but a lot of people do like it. I, I feel like the Slack. And, or Zoom, or, or not Zoom, uh, Slack, or the, what's the Microsoft one, Teams, and these other Teams. ones. yeah yeah. They just created another email thing for me to constantly look
0: at, in, yes, in it's most It's basically cases. email. Yeah. Like, it's effectively the same. Although, I will say there are some cool features that these tools have. The organizational aspect of where the rooms are, and how to get to those rooms, and even where to find the directory, not the best experience. Typically terrible, actually. But... I do love the idea of having scheduled messages and all of these tools have scheduled messages and any messaging system that doesn't have scheduled messaging is incredibly infuriating because of how valuable that is. For example, I have some crazy idea that I have at like midnight or one in the morning and I don't want to just go into my app and type it in and just let it sit there and then hope I remember the next day to come in and send it. I would like to schedule it to send to Ryan when normal people are awake. But sometimes I just send it to him anyway, and hopefully he doesn't. He has. I mean, you know, that's my <laughs> philosophy. If, it, if it's you, I just send it anyways. And like, you yeah. know, sometimes you read that is, it, sometimes But in you general, if, if it's not either one of us talking to each other, it would be nice to have sc- schedule. Sure. We've used so the scheduling
1: cool amongst each other many times. I know you've used it for... Uh, folks that we're talking with and even for scheduling interviews and things. So it's really cool, but that's not really what is interesting about all this because this isn't about Google Meet just, you know, It's about AI being creepy. (laughs) Yeah. And so what Google Meet is looking to do is create a feature that's going to utilizing their duet AI that's going to act as a proxy and join meetings for you. So instead of you attending all those meetings when you're double booked, you can simply tell it to act as your proxy for you. This is very similar, by the way, to do you remember the feature? Was it Apple or was it Google? I'm pretty sure it was Google where this was a couple years ago. They were showing off it could make restaurant reservations for you and it would act like a person and it would you know, book the time and stuff. So you would tell it and it would call the restaurant and pretend like kind of like a virtual assistant sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it seems to be utilizing or at least, you know, expanding upon that technology they use there. It will take notes in the meeting and even bring the ideas to the team you wanted to bring up for discussion. So if I don't want to go to that meeting or I can't go to that meeting because I'm double booked, I can say, Hey, I want to cover Michael's bad attitude. Make sure you bring that up in the meeting at some point, I assume it just interrupts or puts a note somewhere or does something to say, hey, Ryan wants to make sure we discuss Michael's bad attitude. And then Jill would be like, oh, that's a great topic. I agree, Michael has a terrible attitude. And then the meeting would continue without me having to be See, there. See,
0: it's interesting that you say I have a bad attitude. Uh-huh. And ha- the expressions I'm making as you're saying it, because it's not good it's, you can say it's that. A bad attitude, that's my point. <laughs> So but, that's what but we need to do. But is it like a vicious cycle, though? Because I didn't have a bad attitude until you said I had a bad attitude. Then I had a bad attitude. So I, I like, caused the bad attitude. Exactly. So that's, yeah. that's really... So who's Maybe. at fault here? I need to tell my AI to talk about <laughs> your <Bad> insistence <laughs> on claiming that I do things that I don't do it, such as your bad attitude. Yes.
1: We could literally... We should try to have a meeting with each other. Yeah. <laughs> using Google Duet. But none of us show up. We just send it in there with our... Just AI. <laughs> And see if we can get the AI to fight each other. You oh, know? that like, would be no, cool. No, you have the bad attitude.
2: Oh, yeah. you both never have a bad attitude. I chill being with you. That's guys.
1: sweet. It's not true, but that is really sweet. We, we appreciate you lying to us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you never have a bad attitude. We could all agree to that. But me and Michael, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly a bad attitude. But it's an interesting idea. But what happens when multiple people send their proxy?
0: you know mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of ai talking to each other taking i notes think that's probably AI. what's going to be happening most of the time yeah. and when that they're gonna, just be they're going to create this point? new feature that as soon as a company realizes people use it they're going to ban the feature and you yeah. can't use you have to show up to like, these this, meetings this is cool but i think it'd be more useful if you could take the meeting itself and then summarize it cuz they said that you could do this and that's a cool yeah. idea to be able to summarize things that you missed even if it's just you were there but you didn't able to experience all of it because you maybe you showed up five minutes late or something like Ryan always is late, then <laughs> you could do that. Not That'd sure be cool. But d- don't don't worry about whether that's true or not. Okay. But if you could do it in the sense of just not even showing up at all, I think that's just a recipe for not necessarily disaster, <laughs> but in some people's opinion, maybe. I like the concept, I I do, because
1: there's a lot of times I can't attend some of these meetings, but here's what I do today. I go to one of my trusted employees and I'm like, hey, I won't be able to attend this meeting. Can you cover it for me? Here's some of the topics. And then I have this human brain that's able to comprehend extraordinarily complex situations and navigate them perfectly to solve me not being there. And I just don't feel like AI is in a place where this is a feature that I could see a company being able to utilize really effectively. Whereas there are things like voice-to-text, which is really creepy when you see how accurate it is in a lot of these tools, where you can get recordings and text readouts of what the meeting was about and what happened at the meeting and things like that, which I think help you know not having to have a note-taker all the time at all these meetings and stuff. So there, there are some benefits where I see ai-like technologies and things but i'm not sure the proxy thing is exactly but we'll have to see you know maybe i we're think not be fantastic
0: <laughs> maybe we're not thinking about all the possibilities that it will bring to I, meetings. I think that exactly see i think this is going to be a fantastic thing for businesses not for effectiveness or productivity or value of any kind however very entertaining Because you know how AI is so good at answering questions and it's never wrong except for every time, almost every time anyway. That is such a great thing to see. You could record it and create like this reality show of all these virtual proxy people having a meeting, a thing, and then just making up random stuff and then eventually see how far it goes to the point where the meeting becomes about a company that they're not even in. That would be great.
2: Like this is a backup. We were talking about backups earlier, backups of our digital selves. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what this well, is.
0: that's, that's an no, this interesting. Was, this point. would not be a yeah. backup. This would be a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, and it starts deteriorating. <laughs> yeah, and everything. deteriorating. That's when you over get to time. these virtual. Like but a JPEG. Would it get good <laughs> enough where when I send it as a
1: proxy five years from now, it yeah. can actually think like me. Like it knows yes, what. I type think of that there's decision a I might eventually. make
0: eventually. Sure,
1: and then they could lay me oh. off, and then just pay my AI self to basically represent (laughs) myself in meetings from then therefore that would be uh
0: that would be they yeah that's like a horror movie (laughs) yeah yeah
2: it's like what's
1: that uh show on netflix
0: black box or something where Uh, they do all those black mirror uh, yeah black mirror that's That's it yeah yeah Yeah. be
1: a good episode there anyways i'm interested to think what you in the community think about this uh i know a lot of you have lived through the business hades uh, the seven layers of business Hades that is uh, meetings. So let me know is the proxy thing something you would be interested in utilizing? Are we hoping we'll see this in open source projects where we'll have proxies of ourselves and different communities? You can think of it stuff? in a
0: way of making the meetings less important, though, because you've seen, if you've ever read a productivity book, they typically say do as little meetings as possible. And some companies have meetings constantly, right? Meetings yeah. about so, meetings, about <laughs> meetings, about the meetings. The best yeah. is they, t- they 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 set a meeting so they can talk about what's going to be in the next meeting. Yeah, That's hilarious. Yes. I have been in that and I just laughed immediately. Someone <laughs> said, we're going to talk about what's... The- no, 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 we're not. We're not doing that. That's we're a way do <laughs> I got it. Yeah, go. I'm not doing that. And luckily, this was a business that I wasn't necessarily... uh I was more of a consultant, so they couldn't really kick me out of the meeting. But... Uh, This is something that could potentially be beneficial because they'll show how useless meetings are. And well, maybe they could be how useless they are, right? So maybe there's a kind of like a secondary backup solution that Google is trying to do with this of eliminating meetings in general, or at least minimizing them. I mean, some meetings are good. I think this is a good good, job, Google.
2: This is a good (laughs) use of Google's Bard. (laughs) I think it definitely is. Yeah.
1: Maybe. We'll have to see. I, I'll, I'll play with it. I definitely want to see what yeah. it can do. I'm going to have a meeting with Michael
0: and just send my proxy. In and I will also send my proxy to that <laughs> meeting because I don't want to have a meeting with your proxy.
2: Actually, <laughs> what, what I think we, we should do the test. The I think what if we did we it on should, the show? <laughs> that that would be sending. chaotic.
0: <laughs> and this is already a chaotic show and it's a mess of a show right now. I think what we should do is a multi-test. So, for example, we each create a proxy. Then Hmm. one of us goes into the room with two proxies. Then we send all of our proxies in and see if there's ever a point where it just becomes so useless that we might as well not even have the meetings in the first place. Because I think that Google is trying to do that. I actually don't think that. I'm just, I hope so. And also Google is making it possible for people to be amused by the horrendous AI meetings proxy Interpretation stuff. of what yeah. the meeting. So plans. I think it's not necessarily Google's trying to be productive and effective with their stuff. I think they're just making an entertainment factor. Yeah, maybe.
2: Yeah, I well, think Jill, it's a good point. <laughs>
1: this is kind of like a cyberpunk thing that it you could is. see happening. Look at this, this amazing avatars.
0: transition right yeah. there. Just so good. It, Thank uh, you. This was not like the bad transitions of yesterday. Yes. yes. This was <laughs> yes. so <laughs> accurate with the cyberpunk theme of somehow being associated to this Google Meet? Yes, because yep. cyberpunk, you know, is about evil
1: corporations taking over Absolutely. many times. And you've got what Google are you here trying to Ryan? proxy you in AI. So, Jill, our game is cyberpunk themed it and sure fits is. perfectly with Google Meet Duet AI. Okay. Thingy, it it
2: does. I
0: will retract my protest. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Especially since Ryan loves cyberpunk themed games. We all know that. <laughs> yes. And I love them too. And so I actually have a new one for him to check out called Metroplex Zero. Nice. And this this game is really cool and unique. It fuses uh, card games, roguelikes, and JRPGs together to to make what they say is the best single player card battler we could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I like that. Instead just, of in the world,
1: it's like, well, this is the best one we
2: we could. We could make, yes, you know. I, I yeah. like that they set their expectations lower. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so you assemble a squad. I think they learned
0: from Valve when they made their card game. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Like, this yes, is going to be. Yes. Everybody's like, this is going to be
0: amazing. And, eh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah.
2: So you assemble a squad, customize your decks, you know, gain powerful cybernetic augments, and take on evil mega corporations. My ones that are probably going to use Google Meet.
1: <laughs> yeah, <there> you, <laughs> go. you fight proxies. Yes. We, the,
0: allegedly. <laughs>
2: yeah. So the storyline is basically take down evil corporate corporations. Who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> and, and it's Evil just, corporations. Yeah. <laughs> except those big evil corporations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was very impressed with this game. The cyberpunk theming is absolutely beautiful. The background art is beautifully drawn and superb and the music is fun and it fits the mood of the game and one of the cool unique things about Metroplex Zero is that it it lets you control several characters and not just one with your decks of cards and and that is unique in the field for sure and if you like deck building games like I do like the games Slay the Spire, Inscription, Magic the Gathering Arena, or like playing deck builder games in real life like I do, (laughs) you will enjoy this game. And it has, wow, over 67 very positive reviews and it just came out a few days ago. So very good.
1: So Jill, I'm curious though, you you mentioned Magic the Gathering. Now, I have seen People spend their entire paychecks. Generally, oh, yeah. these are teenagers Absolutely. that live at home. Yeah, on Magic the Gathering cards. Like I've seen, every adults penny spend they a lot make. of money on <laughs> Magic the Gathering. Yes, on on Magic the other. A lot of adults, yes, too. And in fact, a lot of comic book shops, like some of their sole income mm-hmm. is based on Magic, Magic yeah. the Gathering card games and things like this. Because you know people aren't buying the comic and stuff, books. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they're doing these these you know, collectible cards and things. So when you say you like magic, the gathering yeah, arena, it's, I'm now curious. Do you actually have a collection of magic, the gathering arena cards?
2: I actually don't. I don't, but I like the. Oh my game. gosh. We
1: found something Jill doesn't yeah, have. My yeah. Friend.
2: You know, what's so funny is I've been mark to- the day, date and time. <laughs> I've been we named to- the
0: show. We found something Jill doesn't yeah. have. <laughs> Well, that takes it'll take us <laughs> so long into the show to figure it out. They yeah. might mean. they have to listen. Aww. You know.
2: Well, I've actually Jill has <laughs> everything but this. I've played da, 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 in da, da, da. magic tournaments. You know, in the nineties or early nineties in college, and uh, I, I just it wasn't it wasn't so much my thing, but I enjoyed playing playing with yeah. other people in IRL, and that was the fun part. So I would I would use other people's cards usually. <laughs> Right. I have and never
0: played Magic, Magic: The Gathering.
2: Yeah. Oh, you. Uh, or
0: any really any card game or virtu- like virtual card <laughs> game, Th- they're just not my thing. What about so Pogs? It's actually- like those little things you would. Oh yeah, Pogs for oh, sure. Yeah, I Pogs, played Pogs. Cool. All right, we're good. I oh, had yeah. a bunch of Pogs and a bunch of Slammers. I don't yeah, know why. Slammers. I I don't know really exactly how the game <laughs> works anymore. I nobody can't actually at all. played the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I actually I have no idea if it. there is a game attached to it. What Here, I would do is take all the pogs and stack them and then use the slammers to see how many I could knock off. Yeah. And I, I have—I don't know if that's actually how it works.
2: I have a collection no, yeah. of pogs.
0: <laughs> well, there, now you're back. <laughs>
2: yeah. so, there yeah. we go. But you yeah. know what's really cool about the uh, magic, the gathering? We actually. Be- because of the, the students at the school playing it in front of the radio station, we ended up doing a show about Magic the Gathering, and it was one of the most popular <laughs> shows, even though it was audio, and we actually had, had someone... Who who did who was like a game master? You know, talk what what was being what the next play was. So it was really I, cool.
0: I, I definitely going to put some Magic <laughs> the Gathering tags in this episode.
2: Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, we'll f- we'll get a lot of views from that.
1: But yeah. well, what's interesting about that is you mentioned at a radio station, and radio stations yeah. play lots of music. Yes, but one of the things that's really tough when you hear a really good song is you don't always know who the singer is or the title of that song and that's where our software spotlight comes in okay yes. that one was fantastic <laughs> that Ryan. Was good, yes. Ryan. that was good that was good thank you last i'm week. back i'm back everyone he's redeeming himself <laughs> from <last week. laughs> <Back>. that redeeming you <laughs> so our software spotlight is Mouse-ai. i think it's
2: uh, mouse ai mouse ai i i or muse ai or
1: yeah Mouzi. Musei. A- M- e. muse ai ah mo mu- mo e. moisai <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) So it's M-O-U-S-A-I. And uh, if you ever hear a song, social media, media, the radio store, you absolutely love it. You have no idea who made it. There's an app for that. You can discover songs. You are aching to know who they are with this easy-to-use interface and tool. It's a simple application, recognizes songs, similar to Shazam. You just click the Listen button and then wait a few seconds, and it'll magically return the title and the artist of that song for example, I'll play a song right now. I'm kidding. YouTube would destroy this. Video. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael, you know, like you may be like, um, you're hearing oom bop oomp oomp, and you're like, who is this magical band? And what you is could this <laughs>
0: amazing, like angelic music that I'm hearing? Yeah,
1: and I'm hearing angels, the voice of God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so it uses the API of <laughs> audd.io, so it's necessary to log into their site to get more trials, to keep identifying songs. But it's a cool little thing to play and check out.
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. What is really interesting, I found, was that it Moosai, Mooseai, Moose, actually
0: This spotlight, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go with spotlight from now on.
2: <laughs> yeah, this spotlight defaults to microphone input, which I found interesting. but you can easily change it to desktop audio and preferences preferences to listen to anything you play on your desktop. So I checked it with a song play playing on YouTube and just to check to see how good it is. and it found the the song I was playing perfectly and played displayed the album art and places you can listen to it, like Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. So even if you know, the, the band you're playing and what song it is, you could put it in this program and then find out other places you could stream it on.
0: Also, there's another case that I just thought of. This would be very useful for me specifically, and maybe for others because people are be like, "Well, if you're using on your, if you're playing something on your desktop, you probably know what it is." However, there are a lot of internet radio stations, and there's also a lot of streams on YouTube that are playing a variety of music. So I listen to a synthwave stream all the time. And I have no idea what any of the music I'm listening to is most of the time. So this would be very useful to th- for that kind of thing.
2: absolutely, yeah. Michael. I was thinking of that too because for years, you know, a lot of the streams didn't have the the digital callouts for what they were playing, and some right. yeah. some still don't. So that's a great use for that.
1: And Jill's a huge death metal
0: fan, so this <laughs> helps her kind of. Find all of her death metal collection, and you would know. you would be, you would be yeah. dr- like crazy surprised with in this particular room. You can see on the videos all these penguins, but in the room right <laughs> next to it is all her death metal gear. Yeah, yes. So it's
1: yes, yeah.
0: She puts on she's got spiked bracelets and spiked boots, and yeah, exactly the whole thing. I yeah. do and like also her- she has her actual like she has a chair in her uh, her house that <laughs> is like a recliner, but it's actually like a giant. Throne of Swords (laughs) and and stuff like that. That, That's really what we're talking about, you know. Truth be told, it's a really interesting experience to go to Jill's house.
2: Yeah, but truth be told, I do like progressive metal and uh, symphonic metal. Really beautiful, combining the different genres of electronic and synth and symphonic.
0: Absolutely. Okay. I, that's true. I do like those kinds. I, I like <laughs> yeah. the cool thing about metal is that it actually does kind of correlate to EDM. So it makes sense that you would like some of that, especially if you mix EDM in. Yeah. But we were talking about specifically death metal. Yeah. Jill. Which, yeah Your obsession with favorite. death metal. We need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: On and another episode, maybe.
2: Yeah.
0: We'll f- save it for a future episode. <laughs> we're talking over Jill, so you can't hear that she's saying it's not her favorite. <laughs> Purposely. Yes. And also, let's talk about the tip of the week, which is said, or specifically a said cheat (laughs) sheet. A said cheat.
2: Michael said. Wow.
0: Michael said said cheat sheet. Thank you. I have done it. (laughs) Was it said the evil kid on Toy Story? Sid. Sid. Oh, that
2: was Sid. Yeah.
0: That's why the unstable version of Debbie is called Sid.
2: Exactly. (laughs) However, (laughs)
0: let's just talk about that. That is. Unfair to sit. He didn't know that they were alive. Yeah, it was just it was just plastic to him. So is he really a monster or is he just a creative child? That is what we should talk about on a future episode <laughs> of the show. So back to the tip of the week. Said cheat sheet. I said that properly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is it's something I found on Reddit, and I was going to tell you what the name of the user on Reddit who it was who shared it. However, I went back to check and it says deleted, so no idea. So sed is a command that is that st- stands for stream editor. And basically what it can do is perform a lot of various functions on files, like searching, find and replace, insertion, deletion, appending, all sorts of stuff. And it can do it. It's, a, it's an interesting way it works, but it's very powerful when you add it to scripts or cron jobs and things like that. It could do all sorts of cool stuff. It does have like an intermediate difficulty level. So just there you go. But this cheat sheet will help you a lot. I said it quickly that time. Well, thank you. Yes. Yes, I did it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll have a link in the show notes for the uh, said cheat sheet. But I think you said such as
1: there you go too in one line, which was really interesting. Don't
0: critique I'm, my grammar.
1: I'm pretty Ryan. sure that's like how 14-year-olds talk, like such as. Such
0: as and the like, so much good much. stuff. Yes, there you go. I'm well, so good oh at this. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so a
1: big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux. However you do it, we love your faces. And come join us on Discord. If you're a patron, you can get the link in the patron page or on Discord, we place it there as well. And you have your own chat area for patrons as well, tuxdigital.com slash discord to join. And if you're a patron, you can also watch this show live. By just becoming a patron of destination linux we record every thursday at 6 p.m except for next, week, next week because we're taking a week off because we're cool like that well for
0: sanity for sanity <laughs> yes also you can do the live but there's that's just one of the really cool perks that you have as another perk you get access to unedited versions of the show where you get all the awesomeness that I have edited out for time, just for time. It's all gold. It's not because we mess up or anything. All gold. Just for time. It's even platinum, exactly. Now, there's another one that I like, is a special access on our Discord server, so you can check it out. And when you go to tuxdigital.com slash membership and get all of these perks, plus, plus... Go to tuxvisual.com slash store and you can get some awesome gear. We have so much cool swag like t-shirts, hoodies, hats, stickers, coasters, things I can't remember because there's so many Credit awesome card numbers. Coasters.
2: Bank that's, account. That's numbers. what you put in Robbing that's not, numbers.
0: You put oh. in that to buy the things. That's, that's oh, how oh. that's how that okay. works. I thought it was like the okay. dark web thing. Aww. It could be. You <laughs> yeah, gotta check it out web. and find out. You, that's not a good. That is not good marketing, Ryan. It is you, you check it out what to do see you if mean? it's dark. No, it's not. It's not. It's Tuxdigital.com slash door. It's up and up. It's just stuff that we're selling for swag. <laughs> Don't
1: <laughs> credit card numbers, <laughs> pin <laughs> numbers for ATM. <laughs> all of that on tuxdigital.com slash store. None
0: of that stuff that Ryan said.
2: Yeah. Everyone, do you know that we have all these amazing shows? We we have so many amazing shows here on the Tux Digital Network. We have the Such s- as the Light, pseudo show. This week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel, woohoo! <laughs> Linux Out Loud, which is now on video, Hardware Addicts, Linux Saloon, and our newest show, Fit and Fueled. Yeah, make sure to to go and check out all our awesome shows; they're amazing.
0: And no other podcast, as we discussed earlier.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <Another> <laughs>
0: but you really can check out those other. Yeah, but by the we're, way, we're fit kidding and fueled about Of
1: course, you can. Is an amazing podcast it about is. how to eat right, how to get healthy. A lot of people thinking about that, especially post pandemic, all of this mm-hmm. stuff, is just getting their bodies back in shape and things. But the host Nikki is at a show right now to go get a pro card, which is pretty awesome. Amazing. So you could check that out and also Um, see all of the awesome stuff that Nikki's doing and probably will have a show about that experience which will be really interesting. And she's also
0: working on making the show a video show on YouTube so if you can check that out you can subscribe on YouTube. Yeah yep
1: and everyone head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all those great shows and don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source I wanted to be Jill so bad, so I'm just doing (laughs) this. And keep those penguins marching in the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome stuff.
2: I am so sorry. I was going to sneeze. That's why I couldn't talk.
0: No problem. I got to be you, You and that makes me happy. Yes. Well done, Ryan. Thank you. Everybody have a great week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Yes, it is. Such as, Keep like, those there you penguins go.
2: Penguins marching.
1: <laughs> oh, you do it so much better. I'm oh, ashamed of it. That
2: was so funny. Oh my gosh, I had a tickle in my nose. <laughs> oh my, I was like, I gotta, <laughs> she's
1: not, she's not going to do it. She's refusing. No, like Jill's refusing to, to do it, so I just have
0: to do it. She's like, I'm probably going to protest because of the rest <laughs> of this ridiculous episode, people
2: <laughs> protest. No, I figured. Okay, let me let me uh, mute my mic and just pause. <laughs> Oh, I don't sneeze on the air.